Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ that announces a transition from darkness to life, from death to life, Lord, a resurrection. If that spirit that was in Christ dwells in us, we too will raise, oh God, and be lifted up and, and just be caught up into the clouds to meet Jesus Christ. And then we'll dwell with him eternally forever, Lord, in a place that far outshines the greatest of earthly pursuits and destiny. Father, that we have made the gold upon the earth our pursuit and priority, that we have made earthly garments instead of righteous garments our priority, as we have led uh, worldly and earthly affairs worry us and choke the seed and kill any of the desire we have for the heavenlies, we pray that this morning you teach us how to wage righteous warfare, that we be inept and competent in this transition from death to life, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, that we would be filled with your spirit and have a passion that would be contagious for those that surround us as they question this, this hope that we have in our hearts that our children would be possessed by that spirit of Abraham to seek a city whose builder and maker is God, that our earthly habitations pale in light of our heavenly mansions. For you said, fear not, in my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you, Lord. And that our pursuit in the streets of gold and our pursuit for the heavenly Jerusalem and the kingdom of God would be a priority in our life and that out of the abundance of our heart our mouth would speak that we long to be with you far greater than any pursuit upon the earth that our only desire is to be with you Lord that that would be our pleasure that it, being in the house of God would be a reminder that this is like the kingdom of God a gathering of those destined for eternity that care about Jesus Christ that love the good seed planted in a good heart that would give forth good fruit. Allow us to be filled with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So it says there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, we, so we already went to 1 Peter 1, 9, where it says the end of our faith is the saving of our souls. Now we go to the second chapter of 1 Peter in verse 25. For you, like sheep, were going astray. The beginning of our faith is that we were so disconnected and distorted. Um, I asked the Lord that if the saving of our soul is the end of our faith, then what is that challenges our soul? And it's the fact that we keep on going astray. We get disconnected. We're far from the pursuit of God for our lives. But now we've returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. So if you were here on Wednesday night, um, and you're pursuing the kingdom of God as a priority, we would have seen what is the condition of the soul and why it needs uh, to be saved, what is warring or fighting against our soul, 
and why now we have a shepherd that protects us from going astray. So the work of a shepherd of the soul is to connect you and to bring you closer to, to God. Um, I, I was so far from God at the beginning of my journey in the Lord that I didn't know if I was a Martian, an extraterrestrial. Uh, I didn't know if I was animal in existence. A lot of men feel that they come from monkeys and so they have to act like gorillas. Uh, throwing tantrums and, and, and being passionate about their uh, nature, the nature of man. Um, and instead of realizing that we were made in the image and likeness of God, we're the, we're the image and likeness of God. So our, the character attributes of a real man are those that display everything God is. So if you walk in selfishness, that's human mindset uh, me, myself, and I, what I want, when I want, where I want, who I want with. And then the opposite is love where you deny yourself. You're not looking for your best interest in mind. That's what God did. He so loved the world that he gave his son. Yeah, not my will, thine be done. That's the nature of God. So we're making that transition from selfishness to love. And a man who has the capacity to love at all times... In all places, all people, regardless of climate or atmosphere, that, that's the character of maturity. That's a healthy soul. So the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.11 that the salvation of our soul needs to be addressed with this mindset. <clears throat> I beseech you as strangers, foreigners, and pilgrims. This is the mindset of a healthy soul that's on the way for salvation. We're not of this world. This world holds no attraction for us. Uh, in fact, we were reading that those that are friends with the world are at enmity with God. Two mindsets. Um, for however people want to coexist and, and be peaceful... There's not one single aspect of peace at war. You see it there? It says, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. So these two aspects are, are and must be vibrant in your life. If you, in fact, are waging warfare. If you, in fact, are saving your soul... The climate is one of treachery. I, I, you know, how many have had nightmares that you're in the middle of war, right? You're like, ah, you're in the trenches, the bomb. You're like, who's going to shoot me? Who's not? Um, we, we want to believe we're heroes at war until you go play one of these like laser games uh, or with these paintball games. And, and you're out there for 10 seconds and 50 bullets hit you from all over the place. And then you, you understand that you're not at Rambo. You're not good at war. Uh, one day here at our, at our family picnic, we had the men against the women. The women beat us like dogs in two seconds. We didn't, we didn't understand that amongst our church, we have a lot of um, Hispanics. They, all these women were from guerrilla countries, so they, they were into guerrilla warfare. They tore us up in a second. We were like, we're going to go out and play Rambo, and we're going we're gonna to get these women. They're a bunch. Listen, those girls kicked our butts. 
They shot us all over the place. We, we couldn't last. And then we tried it again, and they beat us again. Three times we gave up, right? Three times a lady. Uh, it was over. And for Christians that don't have the ag aggressive slant, listen, um, this battle is the most treacherous battle of all. And, and in your Bibles, underline this, that, that we're, we're only here briefly and we should, listen to the word, abstain, withdraw, remove ourselves from anything that's pulling on our soul. That's why Colossians 3.5 says, put to death. Put to death. Kill. And, and anyone who doesn't do this is at severe risk of being taken captive. When you leave an enemy alive, the only thing that could happen by leaving him alive is he pulls you into his desire. Pulls you into his desire to destroy you. So we give no, um, we abstain from fleshly lust. The, these two things need to be constant. You, you need to get away. You need to run from anything that's pulling on carnal pursuit, pleasure. A lot of people uh, think that this is pornography. I'll tell you what, um, becoming friends with a hobby. Look how simple that is. Uh, getting into hunting or fishing is much more treacherous than pornography because your affections are drawn in a direction contrary to the priority of God. So you become complacent. You become conformed. You, you don't even see the fight anymore. What's, what's so wrong with me going fishing? What's so wrong with me uh, hanging out the mall and listen to me uh, what's wrong with it it just takes a little seed a little seed to throw you into a, uh, what's it called when it's uh, a snowball effect just a, a little compromise it begins with one thought and nobody who's ever engaged in deep captivity and destruction and death has started with the thought of, of committing adultery and leaving their wife and their children. I, I've seen men the, for the length of my law career that there were strong Christians that went to church, that read the Bible, that they were the men's leader in their church and now they're living with their lover and they're distant from their wife and their children and you say how do they make the leap from, from this you know, expression of faith to, to now they're worse than then even men who don't know God, there's, there's some men that are not Christians that wouldn't cheat on their wives. And, and these men who profess to know Christ have not only cheated on their wives, but now they raise that banner as something triumphant. So I, I don't even know how to best explain. Listen to this word. These things which war against the soul. It's so funny that there are nations upon the earth that have declared war against the United States and the United States have not taken it serious. They have not taken it serious. And so um, this week we saw, they kept on saying on the news, they said 
Look what graceful transition and peaceful um, transit, transfer of power. Look, look how nice it happens. There's no tanks, there's no soldiers, there's no bullets. And look how, how one group gives. This doesn't happen in the kingdom of God, people. The devil doesn't say, okay, I have come to realize that you're such a nice person here. I give you the wherewithal to go and, and live for God. There is no such thing in the kingdom of God. Everything is a fierce battle for the life and the soul of men. I'm, I'm talking about fierce, and, and everything is employed with, with stealth, disguise. It's so secret. And so these things that, that have declared war on our soul, the Bible even says in the book of Jude, in chapter uh, verse 2, it says, listen, I was going to write you um, concerning our common faith. I was going to write you something pretty. Was, you know, when, you, when you, there's no war, there's no battles, you write something nice. Let's go to Jude, verse 2. Verse 3, mercy, peace. Brothers, I was diligent to write you concerning our common faith. I was going to write you about this salvation of our souls. It was going to be a pretty thing. But I found out necessary to write you that you would contend. Um, listen, I find it necessary to write you to exhorting you. Like the, a strong word that you fight. That you war earnestly for the faith. I was going to write some nice love letter about how nice Jesus died for us and our souls are going to heaven, but I find it necessary to warn you to contend earnestly. That means don't sleep. Don't fall asleep in this tra transition for the faith which was once delivered, this, this precious provision that brings salvation to our souls given to those who will receive it, verse 4, I'm writing that you contend, <clears throat> for there are certain people who have crept in and they're unnoticed. The word unnoticed means they're disguised. They're wearing something that would not go noticed. You know, if somebody came in here with a pitchfork, and was dragging you and your family to hell, you would put a resistance to it. But these men disguise themselves. Ungodly men who instead of walking in God's grace, they walk in the passions, the sensual pleasures of the soul. Um, deny, uh, it says, who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, th this, is, this is a breed of men who apparently are not contending for the faith. They're watering it down. Don't, don't take it so serious. Life is not, you know, life is to have a good time. Why, why would you want to, why would you want to get in another mindset? Verse 5, these men have crept in. Contend diligently. I want to remind you once, uh, though you once knew this, the Lord having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterward delivered those who did not believe, destroyed. <clears throat> the, the context there is Exodus chapter 14. Um, what was taking place in Egypt with Israel? 
And the description that God takes there in Exodus 14 and 15 is the whole escaping. Now, I don't know where you would have been in this journey here. As they were crossing the Red Sea, um, it was there that the Lord told Moses in Exodus 14, 26, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters might come back upon the Egyptians and the chariots and their horsemen. The pursuit there is the Pharaoh and his army are coming after Israel with no prisoners. And the Lord says to Moses, stretch your hand in the direction of the sea so that these armies might be destroyed. Verse 27. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Um, I love this scene here. The scene is not one of the Egyptians being destroyed, but those that desire to take us back into captivity are no more. Listen what it says in verse 28. Then the waters turned and covers the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. Yeah, I want to tell you that I love one of my favorite sayings is the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. That means that, that our enemies lay prostrate. There's not one of them to remain. And as long as there's one that remains, we're still at war. As long as there's a potential loss. And, and this is how it ends. Um, verse 29, But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on the left and on their right. Verse 30, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Uh, I don't know the last time you heard a preaching about we're at war. Endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Put on the armor of God that you could wage warfare against principalities and powers. These things are not going to show up with any powerful promise. Look, I love this. Verse 3, Exodus 15, the next chapter. We can start in verse 1. The Moses and children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing of the Lord, for he triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he threw into the sea. The Lord is my strength and he's my song. He's the, he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Listen to this, verse 3. This is it, ready? The Lord is a man of war. He's, he's ready for battle. He's ready to engage warfare. He's into this at levels 
that gives him a name amongst warriors. Verse 4, for Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. He chose the captains also. His chosen captains also, uh, Pharaoh's best captains and soldiers are drowned in the Red Sea. The depth have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Uh, this is a little highlight here, verse 5. Um, they sank to the bottom like stone. I had a, a, a very interesting conversation with a gentleman who studied this text at depth. He says, Hollywood shows the Lord blowing and the waters coming up and then Pharaoh coming through and, and the, the, the waves came in. And, and he says, Joaquin, that's not like it happened. When God blows, he froze the, the, the Red Sea and these people walked across on dry ice. And the reason I know is because when God melted the ice, they sank like rocks to the bottom. Look at the text here. They sank to the bottom. They weren't, they weren't at the bottom and this thing. Anyways, that's a side note. That's just to show you that some people look into the gospel deeper than some of us do. And they see things and God reveals things. But, but what I want to show you there is how are you waging your warfare? You're inviting the Pharaoh's little soldiers over to the house on weekend for hot dogs? Come on. I'm going to hang out with my children. Everything's going to be okay. How are you waging warfare? Let's, let's get into the cultural icons. Uh, one of the biggest churches in, in the United States, um, their worship leader had their birthday in December. And the theme of the birthday, this is a worship team, Joel Olstein's church, right? That the Hispanic context, their, their theme for a birthday party was Star Wars. So imagine all of our members here on the stage, our worship leaders, our psalmists, dressed like Princess Leah and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and stormtroopers and lightsabers and saying, no, don't say the Holy Spirit be with you. Say the force be with you. And so this is the, the whole craziness of not being able to see that we are contending for the souls of men. We're, 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 either this is just a circus or this is real. What, what is the context of spiritual sight to be able to see things? Another man in South America, the largest church in Ecuador, dressed up as Batman for Christmas. And, and, and his wife is Batwoman. And, and they, you know, there's no context that Batman is the prince of darkness. That's his name. And so we're living in a time that is perilous, that is dangerous. Because Christians no longer live like if they were at war. Every time I preach a, a message on spiritual, there, it never fails. Men will come up to me after the service and say, that's why I got a couple grenades in my garage, just in case, Pastor. I'm not talking about material warfare I'm talking about the souls of your children the souls of your grandchildren the devil wants to encapture them and so this is what Peter is talking about in 1st Peter 2:11. we're a short-lived time upon the earth let us stay away from those things that are pu pulling at our flesh Here's how it says it in one translation. Dearly beloved, 
I sincerely beg and warn you to live as if you were travelers in this world. Never forget that this is not your real residence and that you must not become too attached to the environment. I urge you to refrain from anything that's carnal, anything that brings your, your low-level desires that try to engulf you and drag you into a very long, protracted, protracted strategic, aggressive war in your mind, in your will, and your emotions. Jude describes these people that he's warning us against in verse 19. These are sensual people that continue to divert the soul. Jude 19, let's read that real quick. Anything that brings sensuality. This is the lewdness that pulls us away from true grace. As grace is, is splitting the, and distinguishing. We'll see that right now. Essential people don't have a line. There's nothing more excellent. Listen very well. Listen to this. Nothing more excellent in a pastor's life than having a people he's shepherding to distinguish between right and wrong. Worldly and holy. Sensual and spiritual. So when you don't have that line, you're easily taken captive. You and those that are with you. You, don't, you can't distinguish uh, a hello from a hello. That you're going to be totally tied up and taken far from God's destiny for your life. Sensual persons who are more connected to earthly fashion, culture. This splits... How many know, look, not having the Spirit, how many know that the Spirit draws that line in an instant? The sword of the Spirit is sharper than a double-edged sword. It, it divides. Well, I just, I feel so good. I, I feel warmth. I, I, this, is, this is who I know. I, I had a friend who came by and says, we've been friends for a lifelong We've known each other forever. You're my friend. I said, no, look, look, the devil and Jesus have known each other for a long time, and they're not friends. So just knowing somebody for a long time does not qualify them as somebody you need to hang out with. You need to have the, the distinction, the clarity, the Spirit's voice. What's the Spirit saying? Run! Get out of here! Flee youthful lust! Flee! That, that is get... It doesn't say pray. It doesn't say read the Bible. It doesn't say to go to the church. It says run. Run. What are you doing in that mix? These things war against the flesh, against the soul in the flesh. Not having the spirit sensual, he, he describes them. So here's the good advice, Proverbs 20, 18. Everything in, on earth is established by good advice. And by wise counsel, you wage warfare. The, the, midst, the, 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 the plenty of people, I'm not going to go ask the pastor. Because I know when I ask the pastor, he puts that line down there so fast. For him, it's a no-brainer. Hey, should I hang out with my girlfriend that I've lived with for five years? Yeah, go have a Bible study with her, man. Maybe you win her to the Lord. I'm like, run, you idiot. Whatever made you think that there, there could be any proximity in the soulish atmosphere and you win. 
No, you lose. The only time you win is when you get the heck out of there. You get the heck out of there. Get off of those friends. Get off of the... the I don't want to hang out with people who don't love Jesus Christ, period. Period. When I saw the inauguration and they said Jesus five times, I was, on, I was in heaven. I'm in heaven. Because wherever Jesus is, everything is awesome. And people who don't like to be around Jesus, they don't like me either. I'm telling you right now. They don't like me. We're waging warfare. We're, we're not on a cruise to some Caribbean island. This is life or death. And people are conforming, taking their families to hell with them. Rejoicing. Hanging out. Good advice makes for good warfare. Who is giving you wise advice? Why is so dark and why is so gloomy? And why is so, it's, it's, there's no split. Everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter. It, no. Let me tell you something. This is, this is in war. Everything matters. How many people went to war? How many people? We have soldiers here that are in the military. You went? You were? We have military men. And, and where the Femin was around here? Leo's dad. He comes to the second service. He's a colonel. And these men who went to, to military will tell you everything matters. From a split of a second matters. The, the supply of water matters. The supply of communication matters. Everything matters. How come Christians that are supposed to be in the fight for the souls of men and everything is, oh, it's okay, it's, it's okay. There's no problem. There's a, listen, years ago, there was a famous singer. Her name is Yuri. She got saved. Her family got saved. She started going to a Christian church. And they invited her because she was big into celebrity. They invited her to do the, the Festival of Homosexuals in California, the gay parade. And, and her pastor said, it don't matter. Just go. It's part of your business. And so I was like, wow, man, that's crazy. In this instance, she asked her pastor and gave, him a, gave her a green light. Go. Just hang, hang out with the gays over there. Be, be the queen of the parade. So, so now 10 years go by, and I get a phone call on Saturday night. And, and it's one of the members of our church who is a celebrity, and they invited her to do the Miami, Day, Miami Beach Gay Festival and to be the queen there. And guess what? She's like, wait a second. I, I got to call pastor. I got to See, I said, listen to me. I'll give you a past experience of what happened to this one gal, and her career went down after she compromised, and everything became undone, and it wasn't a, a I said, Run. Live according to your convictions. Stand your ground. Fight the battles of the Lord. Don't compromise. Don't let up. Lift up the banner of Christ. Lift up the banner of the Lord. Don't, don't sit there and settle. And we're fighting these battles on every strand. Um, James chapter 4, verse 1. You know where the battle comes from? You, you know where it's being engaged where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from the desires for pleasure that war in your members? There's a battle here. Do I get serious about God? Do I become a commando? Do I become a special forces Navy SEAL? That's what we prepare here. We're in the preparation of Navy SEALs. Guys, it'll cut your spiritual throat in two seconds. And you won't even notice what happened. 
They're fierce. They run to battle. They, they engage. We, listen to, we said this before. We don't accept cowards here, and we don't want no clowns. Want to be a coward? You don't belong in the body of Christ. They're the first people that go into the lake of fire. So the Bible says the coward, the unbeliever, these, these guys, the murderer. The, but the coward goes first because there's no cowards in heaven. There's the, our, the captain of our armies uh, is only enlisting courageous men. Fear, uh, fearless men that men that don't take their wives and put them at the forefront I, I went to Peru and, and it's just oh, so what's so wrong if your wife is out there and she's fighting the battles and bringing some f uh, food and money home and, and what's wrong with that the, the, the woman I mean she owned a gold mine okay so she was she was, she was uh, supporting her husband that's not a bad thing but I just said listen to me since the beginning of the world it was shameful for men to send their women and daughters to war. Nations don't do that. Nations do not send their women to fight the battles of men. That, now, now in this generation, the millennials ask, why not, man? Why not? Let them go fight for us. I mean, my, my, my girlfriend could put up a serious fight, man. In this generation, is the only generation in, in history's lifetime that have sent their women to war. Uh, a nation with dignity and honor would never send. Um, there was absolutely, thank you, Gary. Listen, a pastor friend of mine says, hey, Joaquin, we're going to send some women to Afghanistan to help the women over there. I said, let me ask you this question. Because he wanted me to pick out... Some people from our church, some women that go to Afghanistan to help the Afghan women. And I said, let me ask you something. Since you're putting this team together, I want to know, if you, is your mom going? Not my mom? How would I send my mom? Is your wife going? No way. I would never send my wife there. Is your sister going? No. Okay, last question. Is your daughter or granddaughter going? No. Then what the hell are you doing? You don't want to send your women, but you want to send women. It's insane. That's a pastor. These warfares, these, these things that are taking place within us, verse 2, are the lust for where we want. You lust and do not have. You murder, covet, and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. God wants to deliver us from our enemies. Verse 3 says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss to spend it on your pleasures. Verse 4, adulterers, adulteresses, do you not know that friendship, amistad, with the world is enemistad, enemy, empty, empty, with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself on the other team. And people bizarre, but pastor, why do you take this so serious? Because it's serious. Ooh, you take it so literal. What am I supposed to take it? It's written for our instruction, for our example. But we've been, our brains have been so de desynthetized, so deactivated, that we don't, we can't even draw. Listen to me, this is what we said at the beginning of our ministry. Draw a line between what's right and wrong and then take a right and go as far as you can between that distinction. 
Why do you have to straddle the fence? Why do you have to be so close that people don't know where you sit, what your position is? Because God has made it clear, you either have a strong spirit of the world upon you, or you have a strong spirit of God upon you. That's called the grace of God. The strong spirit of God upon you is God's goodness. Uh, Titus 2.11 This grace that has appeared to men that brings salvation, the grace of God that brings salvation, it's appeared to all men. Say with me, all men. This delivered me from a complex I had. I thought God was playing favorites with me. That the grace of God is stronger on me than someone else. It's not. The same grace that brings salvation has come to all men. Now why is the distinction? Because some men know we're at war and prepare and fight the battles and put on the armor. And some men have already surrendered their soul. Surrendered their family soul. Verse 12, this grace that appeared that brings salvation to all men. What's it do? It teaches us to stop living ungodly. Stop living like God doesn't. Stop with the worldly lust. What's wrong with what I'm doing? <laughs> I love Oscar's answer to this. What's right? How does that distinguish you in this world where everything, everyone's doing everything they want? Well, how are you doing something different to highlight and emphasize a mark for Jesus Christ in your generation? You'd be the only one. You'd be the only one to stand up for Jesus hard and strong. You raise up the banner. We should live denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly today. Verse 13 says, Waiting for the blessed return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think that has to be at the forefront of, of our battle. I'm, I'm going to wage this thing. I'm going to highlight it. Uh, some people have told me, you know, you're too radical. I don't think so yet. I'm not there yet. I'm going. I'm in that direction. Radical is, is the word, the Latin word for radical is rooted. This is the last time somebody said, man, you're too rooted in Christ. We're supposed to be. Don't let anything pull us in any other direction. Amen. Come, we're having a Star Wars gathering for our worship leaders. Really? Come, we're, we're letting the women lead the spiritual charge of the family. Really? Come, our husbands no longer want to fight the battles for the souls of their families. Really? Grandma's the spiritual leader in my home. Matia, or Madea, whatever her name is. This is a good preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching better than your amens, man. Woo! Absolutely. Raise up men of God. Raise up women of God. Raise up sons and daughters who love Jesus Christ. Filled with the Spirit of God. We learned on Wednesday, you weren't here, you missed it. The monster of the soul is James 1.7. This man who receives nothing from the Lord. How many of you would want to receive nothing from God? Verse 8 says, those who receive nothing from... Let not this man suppose he will receive anything from God. The double-minded man. The two-souled man. The man that he could care less. He could hang out with worldly people and have a beer. 
And he, he can hang out with worldly people and, and curse and conduct his affairs. And he's cool there. And he can hang out with God's people. Hallelujah and glory to God. And he's just everybody's man. This man is double-minded, two souls. He's unstable in all his ways. He doesn't have a destiny. He doesn't have a legacy. He doesn't have an inheritance. He doesn't have what God wants to give us. What happens to this man, Hebrews 12.1, he gets easily entangled in sin. He's not fighting the battle. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside anything that is weighty and the sin which so easily entraps us so that we could endure this race that is set before us. Let's not get easily tangled in sin by meandering with the mediocre. 1 Corinthians 9.26, Paul says, I'm not going to run aimlessly. This is, not a, this is not a race to anywhere. It's specific. It's directive. It's deliberate. It's intentional. Do you not know that those who run in a race, not all run adequately? Verse 26 says, Therefore I do not run aimlessly, nor do I fight with uncertainty as one who's beating the air. I don't have just an any enemy confrontation. 2 Corinthians 10.1, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not living, we're not doing war according to the flesh. Is that the right verse there? 2 Corinthians, let's go to verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not warring according to the flesh. My people, to distinguish a fight is one thing. To know who's on whose team is another thing. Because the worst thing in the world is you're shooting your own people. Oh, my worldly friends are true. Really? You numbskull? Really? Somebody who doesn't have Jesus in his heart is your friend? Those who don't have the Spirit of God is is your bosom buddy we do not war according to the flesh verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not a, a rational mind thinking earthly but mighty in God pulling down things that are being built up these strongholds are a brick at a time a brick at a time and then when you finish building they're a huge fortress don't let the devil give you a small brick and you put it down a small disobedience, a small rebellion, a small indifference. Uh, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, when you are lukewarm. Don't, don't let them build those things around you. So at the end of your life, you have a huge fortress that fights off the purpose of God. That fights off. It doesn't allow you. Who are these things? Verse 5. It's casting down arguments. It's every high thought. Er everything that lifts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring to captivity the thoughts that refuse to obey Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity so that it obeys Christ. Listen, the, the, the war goes down to your next thought. What, where did this, who birthed this thing? I want to tell you there's two places things are birthed for. Birth in the kingdom of darkness and hell and birth in heaven. So every thought it comes from one of two addresses. So if it's coming from hell and knocks on your door, you say, nobody's home. Amen. 
I don't have to tender a thought that comes to me, that comes straight from, because it entangles us. It brings worry, it brings fear, it brings a whole mindset of, it's a detonating bomb. And you're opening your life to, to contain. No, say, listen to me. There was a story of a man, I got to finish this in two minutes here. He, he went off to war and, and uh, he didn't want to go to Vietnam. So he kept on going to training. He got drafted and he would go to training. So he went to tank school training. He went to uh, jungle warfare training. And he didn't want to go to war, so he kept on getting trained here in the States. And in order not to go to real world war, he stood here and he wanted to practice. So there was the next one was deactivating landmines. And he went to that training. What for? So he didn't have to go to real war. So he was there for six weeks in training six to nine weeks and there was a guy that never showed up to class never listened to the professor never paid attention to anything and then in their final exam where they had to deactivate a real landmine the guy came over he says let me help you he goes you crazy get the hell away from me what are you doing here next to me you don't even know you didn't come to the first class you didn't come to the second class you took no notes you skipped out you fell asleep I don't want you around me go do that landmine over there next to the tree here's the map there's one over there and sent that guy as far away from himself as could be. And he told me this story. It's a, it's a real story. He says that as he was deactivating his mind, that one over there blew up. It blew up and threw blood and, and force all the way this side. So who are you doing Christianity with that says the devil's not real, that you don't have to be so radical, that you don't have to be so intense, that church is only for fanatics, who are you doing Christian? Bringing thoughts captive. Verse 6, being ready to punish anything that distracts from a full obedience. Who are you doing Christianity? Listen to me. I've been around Christian culture for 34 years. They water it down, 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 water it down. Guess what? There's no Christianity. There's no church, there's no Bible, there's no reality. Divorce sets in again. Destruction to the home, disobedient children, a curse. Because people do not put on the armor of Christ. They do not contend for the gospel. They do not contrast. I, I, this is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. I'm going to tell you right now. Colossians 2.15. When Jesus goes down to hell... And he just smacks the devil. And he takes the keys. It says, having disarmed. He stripped the devil of every weapon, every ammunition. All the principalities. That he made them a public spectacle. That means in, in front of people. In front of demons. In front of angels. In front of everything they could see. And he says, making them a spectacle triumphing over them now I, I want to know what you're doing with those that are creeping in to your life surreptitiously like disguised like I'm your friend I want to be your lover and one day I'll be your wife and brother you better run 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 Amen. I tell people like this run Forrest run <laughs> run you let these things come in. It's just a little party. I just got, I just invited some friends. Really? Tell me who those friends hang out with. 
Tell me who they love and why are you bringing them in fellowship with your children? How could that be? How could there be no distinguishing effect? Well, I have to throw a party for my worldly friends and a party for my Christian friends because you never know, they might argue. Man, that's intense. That's wicked Christianity. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and put them to shame by the victory on the cross. If then you also were raised with Christ, then you should be seeking those things that are above, Colossians 3.1. There should be a distinction about your affection, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your thoughts, your mind on things above, not things on the earth. How, how do you, what, what is, I'm going to invite you guys to my next birthday party, my 50th party, and we'll celebrate um, Star Wars. Really? Really? Wow. That's a sad state of affairs, my friend. That's a sad distinction that your thoughts would not be heavenly minded. They would be earthly minded. Give it to say that we're here upon the earth. So that's why it makes it difficult for us. But after today's preaching, I'm sure we're going to brush up on our fighting skills. My other favorite verse in the Bible, Deuteronomy 20, and verse 8. This message has to end like this. If you're a coward, go home. This is not a place that's not for warriors. Before you go to battle, this is what an officer should speak to the warriors. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? I don't know. This is just going to shake up things in my life, and I don't know if I could handle it. I'm kind of nervous because I only have two friends and they're going to leave me. That'll be the best day of your life. You can say hallelujah too. Absolutely. It'll be the best day of your life. What man is fearful? Let him return to his house. Otherwise, he's going to bring the same spirit of discouragement and faint-hearted in the heart of his brethren. Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Things are too watered down. They're too pathetic. People don't know we're at, we're at war. Let me ask you guys a question. What would happen? Those of you guys that served in the military, what would happen to a soldier that didn't show up to his reporting duty? Court martial, brother. I don't know what that means, but you're going to go to the court and see the marshal. I have no idea what that means. I know that you're going to about to get kicked out because right. warriors don't want to fight with cowards. That, they've told me that. The most d dangerous men at the war front is not the enemy. It's a coward on your team. Right. I, I don't want. Just, there's no cowards. Those of you guys that are looking for a good wife, you better find one like mine. Guerrilla warfare is her game. Absolutely. Take no prisoners. Kill the enemy. Destroy them. Don't defend them. Don't argue with them. Don't rationale. This is my wife is radical. I give thanks to God for her life. She's intense. She's like, go beat them up. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> give me some time here. I'm trying to find out where to get them. That's what a woman wants. And you should want a woman that encourages you to take God serious, to be passionate. I told my sons, I want your wives to be radical. I don't want no ditzes around my sons. I want radical, Jesus-loving people that have no controversy and no compromise 
with anything lukewarm, anything that is middle ground. That's not the Molina family. We're not going to do that. After what Jesus has done in our life, it's been a fierce battle since day one. A fierce battle. Take no prisoners. So we cannot be complacent. We cannot say, well, fuzzy, warmy feelings. I, I, I think I'll get to know them and then I'll decide. You better not. Because that's not the attitude they're going to have with you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for re re replenishing the fire of the Spirit of God in our hearts, in our souls. Allow us to distinguish and to discern. These are fearful times where everything has, has just mixed, Father God. Everything is just mixed and mangled. Confusion, selfishness of man, love of self, arrogant, disobedient to parents. All these sentiments, Father God, makes this for perilous times. Father, but you said that we're to flee these things, avoid this atmosphere, this climate, and to be stronger and, and gird our loins, Father God, with strength and with honor. Allow us to raise up the banner of Jesus Christ as high as it'll go with the, with the full passions of, of the Spirit of God that allows us to wage a victorious, triumphant warfare. Allow us, Father God, to not play with these matters lest we be taken captive to do the devil's bidding, to compromise and to water down that which you have distinguished in your word as clear, emphatic, passionate, O oh God. As we deny ungodly, worldly lust, Father God, and we, we pursue holiness and, and sanctity and those things that are full-on press, filled with the Spirit of God, we give you thanks, Lord, for these men and women, these families that do not compromise. We give you thanks for your spirit that is strong in these days, your grace, O oh Lord, that, that makes us uh, competent for these affairs, Lord. Without your spirit, we could do nothing, Lord. But allow your spirit to be strong in us, the word of God to be strong in us, us to be radical, intense warriors for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. God bless.